We are live. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Founder Hacks, our podcast where we share something we've seen, something we've read, or something we've learned that's been a source of inspiration or education for the founders that we're working with. Uh, let me start by saying an enormous hello to Mr. Anthony Enright. Hello, Ben. Hello, Alex. Hello, hello. And an equally unequivocal hello to Mr. Alex Moore. Hello, gentlemen. Good to hello, see you. Hello. We're all full of, full of the joys of spring this morning. It is, it is spring. It feels like spring at the moment, which is really nice. And, and I think that's very timely considering today's Founder Hacks we are going to share on the theme of creative innovation. Um, how does your business encourage and foster the growth of new thinking and new ideas? And I believe, gentlemen, with your permission, um, I'm going to kick us off with something I've seen. In Excellent. Place. All right, then. So this is a story that comes from a business that found themselves generating a lot of ideas, right? Now I've experienced this too many times where, you know, you have a team who are just fizzing with, with new ideas and new thoughts and new thinking. And equally, I've often seen businesses where that sort of doesn't last very long because it's quite hard to accommodate all of that new thinking. And and you poo-poo it and you sort of, you, you show willing, but you can't really do anything with it. And and so it's sort of innovation fizzles. You end up with a business that kind of people go, well, not going to share anything because there's, there's not a lot of point. But what they did, I thought was really interesting because it it preserved some of that spirit, some of that that sort of um, creative thinking. And, and they created a, a process. And what they did, I thought was fascinating. They actually formed a little, I don't know what you call it, a committee or a little panel, right? That um, the way they did it was, if you had a new idea, anybody in the business had a new idea, um, you knew there was a meeting at a certain time every week where you could go and share that idea. And you couldn't just share it willy-nilly. You had to present. You had to present it properly. That committee would then review those ideas and the best of them they would then take forward and present back to the whole business in like one of their weekly meetings and at that point they would then look for a team to take on the best of those ideas and actually implement them and what was really curious is sort of what this did to the business culturally as this story was shared with me was first of all because they required you to present you could have someone who was really passionate about an idea, but well, you're passionate, but you've got to do some work. <laughs> if you're passionate, you've got to put this into a format where you can communicate it. You've got to do the research and, and, and really kick the tires on it. So yeah, that, that was brilliant. So it kind of meant that only the best ideas kind of got to the next stage. Then of course, because people in the business saw that um, there was a path for these ideas becoming real, they became much more likely to actually invest that time and energy, often their own time and energy, in coming up with those new ideas. Um, and people were motivated. I mean, I think, you know, you get what you reward, right? So if you want your business to be creative and innovative, you have to reward people for doing it. By and That could be by public praise, that can be by whatever, but people were motivated to do it because they wanted that that moment where a new idea was shared with the whole business. And it's like, oh, right, this is, you know, Jill's idea that she's she's positive and that would gave people a really great feeling and, and that share in the credit so I don't know guys I wanted to share it with you have you ever seen a a process like that in a business you've worked with have you ever done it yourself Anthony 
I, I love the story, Ben, and it reminds me um, the old school suggestion box. Um, I don't know whether you ever <laughs> yes. whether you ever came across those, but I remember the first company that I sort of went to work for, and I, you know the first sort of office job after working in retail. And I remember sitting there one day and and, and seeing how things were done, and said, "Oh, wouldn't it be better if we did it like this?" And you know, mm. my boss said, "Oh, great! Yeah, that sounds a great idea. Write it on, write it on one of those cards and put it in the suggestion box." And I remember not hearing anything for a couple of weeks, and then went back to the suggestion box. I may have broken into the suggestion box, um, <laughs> uh, and it was still there. And did mm. I ever give another suggestion again? No, of course I didn't. And um, so I think it depends what kind of organisation you want to be, and whether you want this to be actually part of the, of the business's culture. But actually, imagine being in an organisation where not only you know are you given the opportunity to give your ideas, but also you can see it's tangible how they bring it alive. Mm. I mean, and if you get it right, as it sounds like this organisation has, it's how empowering that can be for each individual within the business and the difference. And that's how you differentiate yourself. Right? That's how you differentiate yourself as an organisation is by going, no, no, we're constantly looking for the next best thing. We're constantly looking for improvement. But also, we're not mucking around, right? Don't, don't, don't come here with just an idea and just go, well, I, I did mention it. No, 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 you've got to prepare it. You've got to do your homework. And I wonder what it's like if you get rejected, whether you're allowed to bring it back again so it kind of makes you more mm. determined to go and do better research and better, um, you, know, better you know, go back, do your homework. And then bring it again, because quite often my experience of these things is about timing. It might not be right at that point, but it may be right for something in the future. So wonderful story. And I just thought, God, wouldn't it be great if all of our businesses were like that? It's, it's very especially now, right, with so much going on in the world, so many challenges in the world. It's how many of us are really leveraging all of our people to, to, to do it? Alex, you, you've got to have something to share on this, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think creativity is, is the key to allowing people to be creative within the workplace makes makes being at work so much more fun. I'm not a particularly religious person, but um, I have a lot of respect for Buddhism and um, in, in its various forms. And I, you know, my understanding of Tibetan Buddhism is that the one of the purposes of life is to be creative. <laughs> and I thought that was always interesting. As a, that's a pretty good purpose to me. And yes, having been a man who's been fired from every single job that I've ever had on the rare occasions <laughs> I've had one, to me, the most demoralizing thing was not being allowed to be creative. So not coming up with ideas like Anthony, you were just talking about there, and it doesn't get listened to, or it's like, you're not, or you're not allowed to know about information because you're not senior enough. You're not allowed to use your brain. You're just employed to, you know, be on a production line and just turning up on time and putting your hours in rather than being on the production line is how can this be better? How can this be, how can we make this job better? What do you think we can do? And to me, it's the most soul destroying part of working for someone else. So to me, working in a business that fosters this, puts a process in place, number one, to garner this information or solicit this information, but then number two, acting on it. And that's the key. And that without that, it's even more demoralizing. It's better to not have one. So it's better not to have a suggestion box if it doesn't get looked at. Anthony, what, what did you want to add? Well, as you were talking there, it reminded uh, me of our podcast last week where we were talking about automation. You know, if, if you want people to just go and here's ABC, go do ABC every single day, we well, can get a robot to do that now. You can, get, you, you can get it automated. 
So actually, how do you make that change? We want people to be innovative. We want people to, 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 to be creative. We want them to feel part of the furniture that actually their, their opinion um, that their opinion counts. Otherwise, we might as well just invest more in automation. Right. And, and that's what I was sort of taking from what you shared there, Alex, is, you know, that's how we move things forward now um, from that pr process. Mm. Um, I love that. I love that. If you want it faster, you have to automate. If you want it better, you need a human. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. That was fascinating and, and, and um, to have your insight on it. But I think we better move on to our red and I think you've got something to share with us, Anthony. I have. have. And this week, have it's, read. this week, it's from uh, Jim Collins. I know a few of us are quite big Jim Collins fans. And this is far from uh, Beyond Entrepreneurship 2.0. And I was sent it this week. And um, so I'm going to read the quote to you. I'm going to read, read you the quote. Tell us a story. Yeah. Jack and Nori. Here we go. So here we go. Here's the quote. Is uh, for Bill... Staying at the accountancy firm would have been the paint by numbers approach to life where everything is laid out for you. And as long as you stay within the lines, you're more or less guaranteed to have a nice picture at the end. But there's another choice, the choice that Bill made. You can forego the certainty of making your life a pretty little painting, one that looks like a whole lot of other people's pretty little paintings, and instead start with a blank canvas where you just might paint a masterpiece. And for me, being quite a long way down the entrepreneurial journey, um, I think sometimes you can forget about the inspiration that you started with. And you can forget about that creative innovation. And when I read that, for me, it was like, oh, yeah, this is my masterpiece. You know, and don't forget it. You know, this is mine. This isn't somebody else's. Um, and it was just a sort of reminder this week to go, yeah, you've got to, you've got to keep, you've got to keep creating, you've got to keep being innovative, and you've got to keep, keep, keep working on that masterpiece because it's yours. It's nobody else's. Nobody else is going to tell you how to do it. It's, it's, it's yours. And I just thought there was something that resonated. Maybe, you know, that we're still kind of in lockdown and then we're at home, and we're not quite as interactive um, as we would like to be. Um, and I just thought, yeah, who do you want to be? Do you, do you want to be that, that famous quote from before? Do you want to be king or do you want to be rich? You know, what is it you want to be? Or do you, do, do you want to be? And that's perfectly fine to be painting by numbers and following somebody else's pattern. But if you want to do your own pattern, then, you know, th th there are opportunities and there are options. Alex, what do you think? Like this. Um... Yeah, when we when we did the editorial earlier, it's just like this is such a that's such a good sort of picture paints a very good picture of of a mindset about being an entrepreneur. And I think a lot of people, this is the dangerous thing though. How many people can paint a masterpiece? And that's you've got to be brave enough to be an entrepreneur to go. Really, not so sure I can do this. But you've got to be brave enough to try, and maybe by failing, you end up creating something quite nice. But you know, the masterpieces are rare and not everyone is willing to do it. But I think to be an entrepreneur, you're brave enough to try. But so many businesses fail because mm. you can't really, you know, there's only a few Michelangelos in the world. What do you think, then, uh, Michelangelo Thomas? <laughs> I think lots of things. Um, I think lots of things about this. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's a wonderful quote. It's a kind of goosebumpy quote. 
right when you first hear it at the same time I, you know i do i do kind of I, I i probably do believe that an accountant in his firm can probably create just as beautiful a picture actually i, I do think you can bring creativity in surprising and different ways you know i've met some really cool accountants who've done really remarkable things in their businesses <laughs> um so you know part of me is like I don't want to, I don't want to diminish someone who doesn't choose to do it differently um at one level but then at the same time yeah I I absolutely think some people do choose to create their own piece of art if you like um and and I equally I think it doesn't have to be a masterpiece actually I think yeah. anyone who's Good created point. something from a blank sheet of paper should be really proud of what ends up on that piece of paper or as I said to you guys earlier, I kind of feel, well, yeah, perhaps I did do that, but you know, maybe I've ended up with half a cow in formaldehyde. It, it, it's not, you know, um, perhaps what some people would consider to be beautiful, actually. There are things that, because of the choices I've made, I don't have in my life that other people do. Um, but it's what I appreciate, and I find it incredibly beautiful. You know, I quite like my life and, 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 and the choices I've made and what that's, what that's allowed for me. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's a super interesting and thoughtful quote. And I'm also reminded very much of the Tesla spirit as well, which is something I absolutely love, which is very much the entrepreneurial thing. And you know, many people might be familiar with it, but the, the, the idea that, that Tesla apparently lives and breathes in Tesla, which is if ever they confront a problem, they start with a blank sheet of paper and come up with the best solution their people can create before they go and see what the rest of the world has done. Um, and it just makes sure you always start with that innovation. So this this concept of the blank sheet of paper, I think, is very powerful for any any founder or entrepreneur. Um, sorry, Ant, what were you going to say? Well, no, I just uh, I like that bit, and I also like yeah that 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 masterpiece to me is completely subjective, right? Mm. And where where you start off, and I'm I'm sure most artists, well maybe most artists do or don't, but but for me, you know, it's never it's never the end picture. Certainly, my experience of it has been it's. It's not the picture that you thought it was going to be, but it's still your masterpiece. And I think mm. that's the bit that resonated more than anything else is that it's your masterpiece. You own it and you've created it. And it may not be exactly what you thought you would create, but it's still yours. Um, and I just think there's something. And you're quite... brave enough to try. You're brave yeah. enough to mm. try. Yeah. Because the other thing that I was then thinking as I was sort of reading it again last night in preparation for today was, you know, if you knew then when you were painting by numbers working for somebody else if you if you knew then what you know now about being an entrepreneur would you still have done it um and i sort depends of asked if it my works depends <laughs> yeah, if it works absolutely depends how much money you lose along the way yeah and uh, i have to say thankfully for all the ups and downs uh, i think the answer to that is still yes for me but um, yeah i think all three of us would say yes to that one right mm. i think so. i'm reminded strangely of a quote from ratatouille <laughs> which is a great film i love ratatouille but i'll share it with you in in response to anthony's quote i'll share this quote um and it, 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 he says because this is, this is a, a critic um he says, the bitter truth we critics must face is that in the grand scheme of things, the average piece of junk is probably more meaningful than our criticism designating it so. Oh, I like that. And I, you know, I do think that you know, when, when I look at other, you know, you know, anyone who I think who has created something, no matter how humble 
the value in that creation is always greater than anybody else's the value in the criticism someone might have going well it's not you know uh it's not what i would have done um or you know it doesn't make you rich so therefore it has no value which you know I, so i yeah I, I think i i like that I one ben. i think that's going up on my quote wall that's going up <laughs> on the quote wall here and uh, and uh anybody who works with me will be sick of me saying that but i absolutely love that one yeah brilliant okay well listen on that note um we've uh, we've got our learned and uh alex it's about time we 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 heard from you yeah so again this is a creator i've got i've got a quote to read to you this is from the excellent james clear the master of uh, habits uh, his newsletter um and he's it was a it was a question that he poses at, at the end of it. it's a couple of weeks i think it was last week maybe how are you complicit in creating the conditions you say you don't want and i think that's pretty interesting i've had a pretty chaotic couple of weeks moving and um I just wondered, you know, I felt very stressed and I was involved around some very chaotic things that were going on in various parts. Of it. And I wondered how much of that exists because you've enabled it to exist. And, you know, this whole point about creating creative, creative innovation is our theme this week. In order to create a business or create a life that you want, how do you create the environment to make sure you you do that and and if it doesn't go right are you responsible for it so uh personal responsibility everything when you're the boss everything's your fault as a as a colleague of ours mentioned to us once um in forum <laughs> who wants to feed back on this first ben happy to happy to I, yeah i think it's it's fascinating and it almost feels like a therapeutic question you know in most therapeutic interventions uh, you you are looking always at those things in your life that are not perhaps as you want them to be or that cause you stress or tension of course the the truth is that the only thing that we have full power and agency to change is our own behavior our own beliefs I can't change someone else's beliefs. I can't actually change someone else's behavior. I can ask, but I can't change it. I can't reach in there and make them do something different. So the only thing we really have full control of is ourselves and our own behaviors and our interactions with the world. So I, I, I do think it kind of lends itself to saying, yeah, if your business is not being innovative, where should you look <laughs> in the first instance? And it's interesting, isn't it, how both of the things we've shared so far really speak to culture, really speak to um the tone that is set um and, and what you invite and i've definitely seen examples of founders who and, and you know coming from a good place are actually shutting down that scope for innovation perhaps because they want to protect the way things are because it's what's worked so far perhaps because they um you know obviously we've talked a lot about the stress of, of, of running a business and the 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 worry that inevitably carry and that may then mean we, we we sense innovation we sense risk and oh no no don't do that don't, don't change it it works um and then maybe the little bit of ego that you know if you've built something yourself um, <laughs> you know you may be less inclined to accept someone else's innovation uh, to make it better uh because you want it your way so i th i think it's a very profound as, as so often with with mr clear he's he's a very smart chap and um, and has this wonderful brevity of wisdom. And I think this is a great example. Um, but Anthony, what do you think? Is it, is, it, is it all my fault? I'm sorry if it is. 
Um, <laughs> usually it's usually uh, it's Ben. It's usually well. It's definitely. It's never my fault. It's either one of you two. But um, <laughs> and unfortunately, Ben, the answer to that is yes. <laughs> right. It, you know that's that that's the, the another entrepreneur's curse, right? Yeah, is that so. hearing both of you speak there? And actually, I was on the phone. I was on a call with a new group this morning. And I heard somebody and he said, oh, where do you live? And I told him where I lived and he doesn't live far. And he said, oh, yeah, you know, we could meet up in Richmond. I, every day I stop for two hours. I spend half an hour and I walk into Richmond. I grab a coffee even during lockdown. I walk around Richmond and then I come back and I thought, oh, that sounds lovely. Why, why don't I do that? And the reason why I think that's relevant to what we're talking about is that we all start off with these really clear dreams and ideas as to as to what we want our company to be and then we get thrown into the day-to-day and into the into the deep end of it and as a result when when we do that we kind of revert to just what's our natural disposition and i think as a result of that you know you can easily end up in the mire and in the weeds of what's going on in your business and as a result, you don't always see it. You don't always see what's going on. And so you say, why is it like this? And why is it like that? Well, because actually you've just ended up in the weeds like we all do very much in the early days. And the conditions are uh, an embodiment of you as an individual. And, and it's probably shining the mirror up against actually this is what it is like to work as an entrepreneur in this sort of situation. So. Uh, so as a result, for me, it's always about having the people around you that can be able to pull you back up out of that and keep you honest and, and, and be able to put those elements in to go, no, no, this is really what we want. This is what it's like to work around here. Um, and um, so I think it's, you know, I, I kind of I felt a bit sad listening to it because I, I sort of thought, yeah, it's, it's really tough being an entrepreneur. Um, everything's your fault. And also, you know, you, you get that it's you always have to get the mirror out and go oh yeah that is my fault but isn't that the greatest thing also the flip side of it of being an entrepreneur you are in control of your own destiny and if you do cock it up it's um it's your fault and you can do it again you can learn from it you can pick yourself up and go on again and i think that's it the resilience of being an entrepreneur and and that you know the ability to think creatively and and create what you want to um, and it, when it goes right, it's fantastic. When it goes wrong, you learn something, right? Yeah, and I just, I just think I always, and I've mentioned it many times on the podcast, is that, um, and I said it earlier, but it just comes down to who's around you to keep you honest. You know, it, it, like when we, we take the mickey out of each other and we say things and, and, you know, there's no sort of hiding places there. But if you don't have that, um, then you can just get more and more into the mire. And I think it's, you know, surround yourself with people that are better than you, that are going to, you know, just help you out along the way so you can see it before it gets, before, before you, you know, before it gets worse. I love it. I love it. Well, on that note, gentlemen, uh, I fear we are at time. So I'll attempt to summarise our, our, our conversation. I think it's been wonderfully creative and innovative today on a sunny spring morning as we're recording this. Um, so what have we learned? If you want innovation, can you create a process to invite it and do something about it? People give what is appreciated. Can we take it beyond the suggestion box to a whole team using all of their brains to make your business better? 
Can we apply the Tesla spirit? Can we take a blank sheet of paper and apply that to our lives as well as to our business challenges? Can we look at what we do as an act of creation and invite our teams to do the same thing so that every time our solution could be and stands a chance of being the best in the world? But whatever we create, can we equally appreciate it as for its uniqueness as well as for how others may see it? And finally, if it's not how you want it to be, it could be you. You know, can we recognize that we do have personal responsibility and can we question ourselves that are you nourishing or are you naysaying innovation in your business? Can we keep ourselves honest, surround ourselves by great people, even those that are better than us? And remember that we share the credit, but we do take the blame and the learning that comes when we fail. I think that's been a great conversation um, and I do trust that there's something in there that our listeners will find uh, find uh, inspiring of their innovation. And uh, I hope it, it helps your businesses become ever stronger and ever better. It remains to say, as ever, uh, fantabulous. Thank you to Mr. Alex Moore. Fantabulous. What's that? <laughs> I anyway, made that one up. That oh, was no, made good. up. <laughs> Shakespeare used to make up words. So uh, you're in good company. I'm in good company. Oh, well, very good. Well, thank you, Alex. And, and an equally fantastical thank you to Mr. Anthony Enright. Oh, I like fantastical. Uh, thank you, Ben. Thank you, Alex. And thank you all for listening. Please do remember that Founder Hacks is not just a podcast, it's also a blog. So you can subscribe at atomics.co.uk. If anything we've shared has inspired you, then please do drop us a line at hello at atomics.co.uk. Equally, if you have a founder hack you'd like to share, uh, you can contact us the same way and we'll share your founder hacks for the benefit of all of our listeners. I've been Ben Thomas. This has been Founder Hacks, and thank you very much indeed for listening.